Hey, Craig, we can actually chat this time instead of having Will just hang up on you like an asshole. Don't know if I've ever seen HD render peanuts. Okay, that's not appropriate. Have you seen his facial hair? He's a hunky looking dude. Maybe they're friendly vampires. I'm offended by the idea. Welcome to the Motive Pixels podcast, where we bring you an in-depth discussion about some of the latest games. In this episode, we're going to be talking about The Order 1886, and as always, our discussions are going to be extremely spoiler-heavy, so you've been warned. So starting off this week, as I introduce my co-host, I want to ask him a question. If you could have any facial hair represented from this game, what do you think that would be? Starting off with Nate. Oh, I'd like to have the woman's facial hair. What was her name? Wow, Lady Igrain. Lady Igrain. I, I would, I would go for a full Igrain. How about you, Will? Uh, I'm Will Atkinson. I don't really remember the facial hair from this game. I always think I want the Alberto though. So. Oh. <laughs> he wasn't in this game. What character in this game was the uh, was the most Alberto like? I got nothing. Yeah, it's the it's the dude who turned into the werewolf. <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> How about you, Craig? Um, I, the Galahad. The epic sideburns, although nicely trimmed around the face. I don't really yeah. understand why you would trim it so neatly around the chin and then have the, the epic sideburns. mustache, too. Yep. But, you know, he makes it work. As we do with all of our podcasts, we should probably lead off with a little bit of an introduction around the story and characters. Um, the Order 1886 is based in 1886, as you would have guessed it. It's uh, in London and focuses around a group known as The Order who are part of the city's kind of defense against... Defense against the Dark Arts. There were werewolves. They were, they were trying to defend it, but then they like seemed to just not care after like five minutes. Like, I can't... I just literally... I, I really think consulting the wiki for the plot is the smartest way to go. Because <laughs> there were werewolves... Sorry, lichens. Bitch, I'm Lichen. a lycanthrope. And half-breeds. Yeah. And then uh, we there was, was like... What was the order created for? PlayStation 4. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm so Classic. pleased. Okay. Sorry, they were so the Knights of the Round Table they renamed, They were the Knights right? of the Round Table, yeah. Yeah, they made uh, that yeah, pizza right. chain. They, <clears throat> it's like the universe forked when they searched for the Holy Grail, and then they actually found it, and that's kind of where it forked from history, I think. All right. So the Order 1886 is based in London, and it sets around an order of knights that have a, a version of kind of the Holy Grail, and they're protecting the city against uh, half-breeds and lichens and, plot twist, vampires, <gasps> because who would have seen that coming? Nobody. The game centers around uh, the main protagonist being uh, Sir Galahad, and his defense of the city while also having to go against the Order and larger conspiracy theories around uh, why the half-breeds are attacking the city, why lichens are attacking the city, and an overall goal by the evil United India Company to export vampires to the United States, or what's known as North America at the time of the game. So with that, I think the first thing I would be interested in hearing is where were your guys' expectations when you came into this game, and what did you want out of it? I, uh... 
I'd read all the rev- all of the reviews. I went into this game with no expectations whatsoever. Not even about its looks. I'd heard that it was pretty, but I was kind of expecting it to be pretty in a heavy rain sort of way, where it was just well presented. Mm. I was really surprised by how nice it looked, but my expectations with the, for the plot were so low that I didn't have any... I feel like I came out of the game pretty satisfied with what I got until I started thinking about how to explain the plot, at which point I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. Yeah, sometimes it's uh, it feels almost best to think of it as a, a popcorn movie flick, where yeah. you go in... And then you kind of leave it, and that's kind of where it ends. I do very much think it was a one knight stand. Ha, 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 Will, what, did you, what were your expectations when you came into it? I kind of knew that you were interested in this game. At uh, a couple E3s ago, there was talk about this kind of being a steampunky type of thing. And that was vaguely interesting, but after all the reviews came out, it reset my my expectations pretty low. Nobody else had been terribly favorable about it. And I think the one key thing that everybody was saying is that it felt like a six-hour game, and it might have been too long at six hours. And <laughs> that might be so that going into it, about what I was expecting, sadly, it's about what it gave us, too. So. I mean, obviously, this is one of the games that's been presented kind of as a forefront, as kind of that AAA title that was going to be part of the PlayStation 4. And really, up through launch, it was kind of the the game that was out there on the horizon, that in a year, you're going to get to play this awesome thing. And I think that's where a lot of the expectations started to gather some weight. And then previews were not particularly positive early on. Um, A lot of performance issues and different things of that nature. Not really sure how this is going to come together, but it seemed uh, after the delay and moved it into the beginning of 2015 that maybe, just maybe, it would come together. And... There had been more positive press around the game that people were, the sections people were playing were more interesting, but unfortunately it seems like the sections people were playing were the only sections you actually play in the game. I was going to ask what you play. You got to play this at the PlayStation Experience, right, Craig? So I didn't. It was the one game on the list that I wanted to play at the PlayStation Experience. Oh, this one, the lines were like a mile. Because of uh, about a four-hour wait time to play through it as they were showing off a 40-minute demo of the game. And I'm happy I didn't play it there since I would have played through, you know, a fifth of the title in (laughs) a demo session. How do you feel about, were you upset that you didn't get to play it at the time? And now do you look back and go, okay, that was just fine? Yeah, at the time I was like, man. And it was right after some of the early previews had started to hit where people were like, this thing's turning the corner. They had an awesome setup there. They had a great booth where they had a full Sir Galahad statue out front and weapon design and models and i mean everything was looking great and obviously when you're looking at video of the game being played it looks fantastic i mean i don't think anyone's going to disagree that the presentation of the game is nothing short of jaw-dropping throughout segments of the game but now looking back at it i'm like all right maybe that was for the best because honestly the preview and people that are coming out of playing the demo were pretty hyped up about it too so i think if i would have played it there and seen just kind of a single kind of slice of gameplay, I probably would have been one of the people picking it up on day one just without any regard, just based on that segment in them. I never saw any, like, advertising for this game. I only heard people talking about the stuff about this game. Did did you actually catch any of the, like, direct advertising for this, Craig? Um, I don't think I did, actually. I think um, most anything that I saw that was advertising it for i mean there was some banners on websites when it uh right when it launched but most of it came through 
uh, just seeing preview coverage and things of that nature pop up. But it's definitely a game that I think as it got closer to release date, Sony realized that maybe this isn't the one that they should pump a whole bunch of marketing muscle behind and throw it out on TV everywhere you go. The piece that I think I'm missing is, was this supposed to be a shooter? Was this supposed to be a quasi-movie interactive well, experience? Th- that's what, what I was, was going to the... ask is, the 40-minute vertical slice of gameplay, I feel like I would have been most impressed with was when it did do the shooting part, when it got into the actual gameplay. Yep. Because I thought the gunplay was... I don't know if I would say it's like game-changing or exceptional, but I thought it was really fun. I thought it was satisfying. Yeah, satisfying is a great word for it. So my problem with the gunplay while we're on the topic is that just about every single weapon felt the same to me. And like the icons, they were, or for pistols, for example, I, I have no clue how many pistols there were. there are. Three, four, maybe? I don't know. The only difference for me when I was picking them up is whether or not I would switch weapons or get more ammo for the weapon I already had. They all <laughs> basically shot the same way. Some of them were, one, were one-hit kills. The pistols? The, uh, yeah, yeah. There was like two magnums, I think, that were both one-hit kills each, and then there was one pistol that was like, at least, sorry, at least one pistol that was more like a normal, like, boom, 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 boom pistol. Yeah, the fire rate was, I think, probably the most dramatic change between weapons, yeah. and I don't think that's a, that's not necessarily a show stale. <laughs> Could you tell what the fire rate of the weapon was you were picking up just by the icon? Yeah, because of the clip size. Usually the you could see the, magnum... the clip size in the icon. Okay, no, no not, not until after I I yeah. went through multiple times where I would just like pick up a weapon and be like, nope, don't want that piece of crap, and threw it back down and swap <laughs> back to what I had just dropped for it. Yeah, I I guess what I was trying to say, we can talk about the guns like totally after this, is that to me a vertical slice of this game would have been sort of misleading in that you could have had just a setup for one area, then one area, then the end of that plot point of the area. And that would have probably given me a pretty favorable impression of this game. But I think yeah. it's like the bigger picture where it starts to fall apart is the fact that there's like three of those set pieces in this game linked together by pretty long cutscenes, and that's about it. Yeah, I was. that's exactly what I was thinking. Because I was like, if you get thrown into... Whenever you get to a combat area, it's that might be the most uh, frustrating part of game design within this title is you end up in a kind of a bucket and you get... <laughs> To just shoot everyone that comes into your bucket, and that's that's it. And then you move out of that, and you're now divorced from the gunplay. It's just you walk into a scene, you kind of take care of whatever action is in there, whether it's in a house or whether it's out in the streets. But then it, it, the combat is completely divorced from the rest of the story scenes and how they kind of traverse together or kind of meld into one another. I think that's especially frustrating given the big vistas that are painted of Victorian London. Look at this big fucking beautiful city. Look at how big it is. You're probably going to be able to explore this. Or you can just go down this narrow corridor. We have really awesome skyboxes. Yeah, exactly. I think if someone would have pitched this game as saying, hey, when you go into this, expect something like Heavy Rain. Expect something like Beyond Two Souls, um, where you're mostly going to go through a narrative-driven scenario and you're going to be kind of along for the ride and there's going to be some shooting elements so there's going to be some strong action plays but that's not the focus of the game as opposed to how i felt it was more pitched as there's a great third person shooter that's set in this badass 
historical steampunk alternate setting that's usually not touched. It's also in Victoria, London, or Whitehill, London, where you're not normally placed as a as a player. I think that would have changed the dynamic of how you kind of at least first introduce yourself to what you're going to experience. But was this game pitched as that? Like, I didn't... The, in even the most limited readings of the reviews I read, I understood that it wasn't... They, they kept saying cinematic, so I immediately just thought of Heavy Rain, and I think that's why I came out of it pretty not disappointed. Did you guys I go into it really expecting a shooter? A lot of comparisons got thrown around, be, maybe unfairly, to compare it to, like, Gears of War. Like, you're playing a cover-based third-person oh. shooter. That's kind of... That was the phrasing that stuck in my head the most as I see. I got ready for it was, yeah, cover-based third-person shooter with a story to back it. Yeah, that's only true for, like, one hour of the game. <laughs> Can we talk about combat just a little bit more while we're, we're here? Yeah. Yeah. You said you liked the game play uh, the thing that uh, or the the, f- the gunplay gunplay okay yeah cover points killed me in this game you would duck behind a cover point and then you couldn't see anything that was going on the way the camera worked you would just look at the cover point instead of kind of cheat where like they do in gears of war where you snap to a cover point and it kind of drifts away from you and looks out over the battlefield it felt like in this game if i snapped behind cover i couldn't tell where people were what was coming up on me it wasn't until people were shooting me on the back that i realized anybody was even near me I don't didn't feel particularly that way, but I do feel like it doesn't get further from you. So if anyone's right behind you, like you don't know until you're dead. What do you think, Craig? I kind of agree with Will on that one where I didn't even is there a way to switch which side the camera's on for you? Like you know in like Uncharted, if you hit like L three and then it'll just drift the camera to the other side of you so you can kind of get a better vantage point, but I don't even think it did that and that I was every... I would just end up moving around cover instead of using it because I was like, I can't see who's shooting at me. Yeah, exactly I think the same. every third-person shooter needs that. And yeah, yeah, I don't think this one... I didn't find it either. Kind of talking about the guns a little bit further also, was every... I mean, I, I it's probably historically relevant, but the gun seemed really inaccurate. <laughs> Except for the testicle oil. That thing you just pointed in the general direction and it would hit whoever you want. Yep. That was... I just... I ended up just hip-firing that half the time. Yes. <laughs> Which, to be fair, was quite a bit of fun, actually. Yeah. Again, the only one that felt any different than the rest, I feel, was... was the incinerator thing? The incinerator. Yeah. And that's just because you had to fire twice. I didn't even figure out what the point of that weapon was. But did you not listen to them clearly, like, spell it out? I know that that happened. You <laughs> put the stuff on there, and then you set it on fire, right? Yeah. You launch a cloud, and then you Why? ignite it. Okay. Wasn't that cool? Did you not play Resistance? Guns it, that work differently are fun. Wouldn't it have just been better as a flamethrower? Oh. oh. What do I you don't, think, No, Craig? I actually, I really enjoyed the Thermite rifle. Also, yeah, I liked it too. why is Thermite not something used in other games? Because it's, I mean, you only use it Dead kind space. of twice, I think, to light your, your clip on fire, essentially, so you can melt through stuff. And I'm like, oh, Thermite is so exciting to see. Oh, that that was ridiculous, by the way. Don't worry, Craig, it's used in Dead Space. Oh, all right, fair enough. But I actually, I enjoyed that weapon of just kind of creating a cloud of thermite dust over someone and then just igniting it, especially if they're behind cover. I was like, that actually provided some of the more entertaining factors of the gunplay. At least it differentiated it from just shooting a standard rifle, right? Totally. At least it was trying to do something different. All it needed was an auger to shoot through walls. Man, I really miss resistance is what I'm figuring out. We all miss resistance. 
I'm nodding over here. I think. Yeah. Yes, that weapon was different, but no, I. I I'm, it didn't do it for you. Didn't do it for me. Not yeah. sure. Were any of the science guns interesting outside of? I mean, the Tesla. So there was the Tesla. There was kind of the interesting rocket launcher that you're you've kind of forced to use. Although it is interesting. I guess that brings up another point. You don't really have much player choice in what weapons you're using throughout the game. It no, kind of it, it hands is, you one and says, this is what you're going to use for this section, and then takes it right away from you. Yeah, which I think plays right into the idea that this is more of a cinematic game than anything else. Almost literally the characters handing you guns yeah. in the cutscenes. <laughs> this is what you're going to use. Yep. You know, or they're taking them away from you also. Like, you're walking through a, a door or something, and I oh, remember he takes that. the gun off his back, and she's like, I think you'll use this instead. And he like takes his gun off and hands it to her. And I was like, but I like that gun. That gun was awesome. There were some, wasn't there a scene in this game where your guns just arbitrarily changed and there was no addressing of why or how? I don't recall. I just remember at one point, all of a sudden I had different guns and I was like, uh, okay. It didn't really matter to me, unfortunately. You know, Will probably didn't even notice. Yeah. I just pointed the reticule and pointed and fired and whatever was in your hand was what you were using. Yeah. I think of other things that we're playing, like Far Cry, where there's, like, the bow, right? And so you have to, like, it has a wind-up time, or you've got the grenade launcher where you're actually trying to hit the ground around the people instead of hitting the people, or there's a minimum fire distance, right? These kind of things. There's a lot of that just was missing from the weapons in this game. Yeah, can't disagree with that fact at all. To kind of hop back to a little bit of a positive point, why are you guys... Glad that you did play the game. Ooh, Will has some thoughts on this. Uh, I I got one too, actually related to this. And I I don't really know if that's a positive point or not, but <laughs> or are you glad that you played the game? So it's kind of a backward positive, backhanded negative, back backhanded compliment, backhanded, backhanded compliment. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a backhand to the face. So one of the things I've been reading in game design books, that kind of stuff is they talk about how finding the fun is a piece of game design, which is really difficult, and they talk about trying to get your prototypes early so that you can get to that stage of trying to find the fun early, but typically in the games, that's one of the last things that you actually get around to when you finally got the game together. We hear from a lot of different developers, a lot of different podcasts, talking about how the game is broken broken, broken, all through development, right up until the point where it works and everything comes together. And then they realize they have something great on their hands, and they're like, oh shit, this is actually fun to play. Exactly. Ideally. This game, I feel, is the ultimate... Exemplification? Exactly. The ultimate exemplification of a game that they did everything they were planning to do, they got through all the steps, they went through all the motions, they got all the art assets together, they... They filled out all the bullet points, they got to that point, and then it just wasn't fun. They, like, missed that one iteration that the game needed to to, to bring the fun. So for me, I really like having this example of a game that is really well put together, a lot of production is involved, or is is evident it looks yeah. really pretty the cutscenes are really th- thorough there is a lot of variation in the combat and the gameplay but they just didn't get to the fun that's the kind of backhanded reason why i'm glad that i played this game bringing that up actually 
So there's uh, there's a couple thoughts that came to mind. One cheap plug, Shadows of Mordor, one of our last podcasts that we did, was also uh, a game that I think they they focused on the right aspects of that, where they were constantly play testing and making sure the game was in a playable state so they could find the fun. But I was actually thinking back to Assassin's Creed 1 on uh, the last generation of consoles as a game that... That's a... Yeah. Almost felt like a showcase for some ideas. It was a tech demo that also happened to be a game. Yeah. And I kind of feel that way about this this as well. I mean, so Ready at Dawn Studios made the Order 1886. They came from doing PSP titles and some fantastic ones at that. But they were doing God of War where there was already the fun was already developed. It was part of that they're taking ideas from a series that already existed um and kind of iterating on that but they didn't start from scratch yeah Uh, so i'm kind of curious where with this one they've developed a new universe which is fantastic it's um obviously their tech is phenomenal but you have to wonder how much time and dedication went into creating that tech and the voice cap motion capture yeah doing all that other stuff versus actually making the game portion of it well this Um, leads i think that leads really well into my warm fuzzy vibes about this game but yeah i I wanted to tail on the end of will's point about why i'm glad i played this game and in much the same vein uh the integration of quick time events is one of the worst i think i've ever seen did you guys i think it was justin mcelroy that pointed this out on polygon's review did you guys ever get to one of the quick time events and not do the required action yes yeah because it just sits there infinitely until oh. you do it really no, not yes the ones i got to the guy just killed me and then it reset okay uh, there's one um remember when okay you're you're right i was thinking of one in particular i didn't test any of the oh, others because i was you talking so about appalled. the last shot uh is it the one where you like push the guy up against the wall and you have him like in your hands and you're like the quick time event is to like break his neck or something yeah or, to bend stab his arm him. backwards oh. or to stab him or something like that. Oh, yeah, bends his arm backwards. Like yeah, that's breaking the one. His arm. If you don't do that, the game will sit there. I went and had lunch, and it just <laughs> animated him kind of idling, holding his arm there with, like, little whimpers for over a half an hour. For me, it was the last shot. I wasn't going to kill him. Oh, at the boss battle at the end? No, the... the with the, the last shot. Yeah, yeah, you're holding the gun ahead of Sir Lucan after the, the yeah. Chancellor has given you the gun. Yep. And it's, stand here and press R2. And I was like, nope. And he just waited. And he's just hovering and... Dude, so <laughs> I'm like... Yeah. When I think of huh. quick time events, this game is now forefront in my mind, even over Heavy Rain. Because Heavy Rain usually had a fail state. And I feel like without a fail state, quick time events become clearly nothing other than just like, hey, are you still there? <laughs> okay, I'll wait for you. You still there? <laughs> yeah, hey. And I felt like this game did really really badly with some of those it also kind of shifted up what the quick time events were for as well like yeah when you're fighting like the lichens or kind of the bigger werewolves and it's making you move the right analog stick in that one yeah, but then in other ones it's that. asking you to use the face buttons and other ones you're using the face buttons and there's just not like a uniformity around what the actions do throughout the game so even if it's trying to teach you how to use the proper quick time events and go through it it's still well it's, not uniform in the, game design what is a quick time event used for like ideally what is the point of its role in immersion i feel like its role is to keep you on edge and not knowing what to expect i in the best case scenario it's to build tension 
and to make you feel on edge like you're not really prepared for what's coming up. It's to keep you engaged, right? Yeah. And so is that... I look at it kind of a slightly different way. I look at it as an easy way for the games to make it feel like you're doing some crazy awesome stuff that you probably couldn't just do in the normal game system. You're not going to be backflipping off a wall and jump running sliding under a guy and stabbing him in the ass in this ninja gaiden in this game system but you could press triangle square square and then that would be the result it's like the straight god of war stuff crawling up his arm and doing a bunch of crap those kind of things aren't available in the normal combat system so that's true it can feel bigger and epic and more in depth okay I was say, so, if you take some of that player choice away from you, like when you're you're up on a rooftop and then something crazy is going to go down, like Will's talking about, if you just give a player the option to kind of make their own moment, there's a good chance they're going to fuck it up. But <laughs> if you yeah. completely kind of tie it into being like, well, we're going to pretty much put you on rails, and as long as you push the right button so you, the roller coaster keeps moving, then you get to kind of see it play out and feel like, yeah, I did something that made that happen, as opposed to just watching and just putting the controller down. I think quick time events are perfectly at home in this game, because that is the whole idea of this game. It's like, we're going to guide you on a journey, you're going to be involved, but only at the bare minimum level, and we're going to help you get there. <laughs> Speaking of being Give you the involved right guns. at the bare minimum level, yeah, Craig Way, um, chapters <laughs> without any set of combat at all. <laughs> just, just, you know... Let's, All right. let's give yeah, some let's context. Just... How many chapters of this game were like that? I would say about half. No, I it's not think... that bad. There's three or four. There are a couple where all you do is like walk forward, but... Oh, yeah. okay. But there are definitely one or three, three chapters where it's complete cutscene. Um, and actually, I kind of am okay with that. Yeah. I like the idea of a game using all of its different options as different ways to tell a story. It shouldn't be formulaic. Watch your cutscene, do your action, watch your cutscene, do your action, watch your cutscene, do your action. I like that they are playing with the format a bit, doing something a little different. This time, we are going to spend most of the time showing you a video. This time, it's going to be a quick time event. This time, you're in a room. I like the idea of playing with the different things, seeing what's working for the game. Ideally, it would be a way to keep the fun going the whole time. Well, if it is a cinematic presentation, and there are going to be chapters where the story is taking precedent, in some cases completely over the gameplay, is it possible for those to be fun if it's not like a funny game? Could any storytelling component have been fun without player interaction? I disagree. Look at, like, compare this to The Last of Us. The most compelling, interesting pieces of that story were the cutscenes. Yeah, but I wouldn't call them fun. Okay, so fun is a generic term for... Are we looking for something, like, involving? It depends on what you're shooting for for the game. Sure. And that's another part of this game. I don't know what they were shooting for. (laughs) They were shooting for What were they trying to do with this thing? Yeah, it seems like almost... I don't know what the creative direction on it was, but you can almost see that they were kind of torn between... Wait, are we making are we making a CG movie, or are we making a game? And But I, so, but to go back to the chapters without combat, though, what's the purpose of a chapter in another medium, right? It's kind of... To divide the story. Yeah, it provides some sort of area in your mind where you're like, all right, 
now I can divide and section this off and move on to the next piece or something. And I think they used it actually all right to kind of move through and be like, all right, end of chapter, and then you're in another area. It kind of gave them a way to move characters along and kind of move the story along and set in a new day by just kind of giving you a, a new chapter and just kind of recognizing that this is where the break is going to be. So I think it's kind of a difference between what a chapter is in a book and what we think of a chapter is in a game, typically. Okay. So in a book, it's a contained story piece. What we're used to it meaning in a game is it is a contained combat element or set piece things together. And while these things have typically been pretty parallel in the past, it feels like in this one they were, we're more focused on this story idea of a chapter. And I like that. I like that they did it. It just felt so awkward. I think that, okay, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's just something I need to get used to. No, I don't, and I'm I don't okay with that. that. I think they, so I'm having problems. I like the way they, I like a lot of things about this game. I like what they did. I like what they were trying for. What were they trying for in your mind? I think that they were trying, I think that Will, the way Will put it is very good. They're trying for like a book or more of a traditional narrative idea of what a story chapter would look like. Some chapters had your involvement, others didn't, just based on where it was convenient for the gameplay. The thing that I come to be pretty critical about is the story. The story kind of lacked an overall direction. Like, it wasn't moving in any one particular way. There was a lot of plot points that were important, like the United India Company, like the Lycans, like the half-breeds, like the state of London. There were some threads of them shipping half-breeds to America. Like, that's really interesting. Whatever happened to that? Vampires. Sorry, <laughs> excuse me, yeah. What happened to that? Why wasn't that like a thing that happened? How did this like just the kind of plot cohesion I think suffered? But to me, that's almost a minor point compared to how much they were like pushing in the direction of a more traditional storytelling experience in the video game medium. I, I guess I'm a lot more willing to give leeway to the heavy rain type of games than perhaps Will is. But if another game came out like this that was structured in very much the same way with a different plot, I would still give it a try and I would not have any reservations about doing so. Is that something that any of us... So I think the thing with the chapter markers is, as a gamer, I use that to gauge my progress through the game. I went up and looked, how many chapters in this game? There are 16 chapters. Okay, I fi just finished chapter 8. I'm about halfway through the game. Not and right. that doesn't necessarily mean that if the chapters are all over the place like they yeah, are but it here. doesn't mean that in a book either. Right, but in a, but in a book... I have. Can the, I can visually look at mo how many pages I've got left. I don't have any sense of how far I am in this game, other than, ideally, best case scenario, the story would tell you how how much is left. You would see that you're building you would up see to something, getting close to and, some plot point. And sure. That being completely absent in this game, I had no other way other than the chapters to know so, how far how how I was progressing. When you say it's completely absent, you mean because we had no idea what the main like goal of the story was at any point. Yeah, and yeah. it just completely shifted the whole time. Even which side of side I'm on is completely arbitrary yeah, by halfway the end, through yeah. the game, and who the bad guys are is completely arbitrary. Should there be through. like a clear? This seems like sometimes I feel like the way that we think of story structure as having like a clearly defined endpoint is like artificial and that's not how the real world works at all and it felt like this game was more like here's what's actually happening nobody has a fucking clue what's going on the game's just kind of moving through this world we're all figuring things out and then the story ends at some point but you look at like Forever War which you just read 
the main character doesn't know the overall arch of the story, and it does feel a little bit lost in that, but it, but you can feel a sense of completion as you get through right. it. Right? Yeah, you're right, because the end of that book, there is, like, there's an end to the war. Even if that end to the war isn't clearly set up through the whole thing, there is, like, a plot point that... Okay, now we're talking a book, about a book that nobody's read, but... <laughs> well, I think challenging expectations is one thing, and... I'm actually okay that it kind of challenges your expectations of how it's set up or what we expect from chapters uh, yeah. when we're talking about the length of a story. But the one thing that I think it never really let me feel was it never left room to breathe. All right, so I think there's two chapters that are almost back-to-back that it tells you a story piece. You get up, you kind of walk a little bit. That's the end of that chapter as well, and I'm like, if they want it to be set up to give you a break to kind of symbolize something's changing through here, it doesn't feel like the story actually kind of mirrored that progress either, though. That's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did any of us even feel the need to summarize what happens by the end of this game? You end up working with the Rebels because you discover that the United India Company is not really as bad as it seems because they're interested in questioning what the order is doing is that kind of what happens like i don't even no, have a clue you're completely nope. backward oh oh no the united indy company <laughs> is the bad guys they oh yeah because the they were shipping, shipping the, the vampires the that's right because we find them in the warehouse not the half-breed the vampires i don't yeah. understand the difference like, uh, neither do i okay and i don't understand why half-breeds are half-breeds of the that because they didn't want to say werewolf is that why they're half-breeds no the lichens were the lichens the same as half-breeds so they were saying half-breeds aren't born. Yeah, they're like, they're changed over from being a lichen. So you're saying a full breed would be born a lichen and a half-breed are like people who got bit and became werewolves kind of thing. Is yeah. That what we think? Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I don't know why there were vampires in this game at all. Yeah, I really don't yeah, think that they needed to be. just completely random to me. I was like, it felt... Like, all right, we're in this time period, so we should probably have a vampire. And I'm like, I don't... This didn't do anything to really help the story from from personal. I was just like, all right, that's kind of cool. I'm kind of curious to see where you guys go with it. But there was never really a payoff on them being introduced. There was no gameplay mechanics that played into you're going against vampires. None of that. It was just like, all right, they exist in this world as well. The half-breeds were the worst opponent in the combat they just ran straight at you and if they got too close you hit dodge and that was all yeah, that there was, really... was yeah um i can't even i want to think of what other video game i would equate that to maybe dead I space feel like what it weird. should have been was dead space where the things that were like looking out around the corners and yeah like, those really creepy dinosaur things and then you like tried to walk up on them and then their their partner would flank you right? yeah and they'd like scream yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah, that what these that, werewolves make me think should that. have done. Yeah, but no, they just ran straight at you. Did you? Have, yeah, they were. They really didn't bad. even. There was what two scenes with that? I, Maybe three. There, there are a couple of them. I I even noticed in this in in one of them, you were in this warehouse, and I was yep. looking down one corridor, but mm-hmm. half the warehouse was off to my right, and they always approached me directly from in front of me, which is. No matter what kind way you were looking, nice. that's the way yes. they came from. <laughs> <laughs> no matter where I was looking, that's the way they approached me. They never once flanked me. And while it's nice that you're not getting attacked from off screen, because that's super annoying as a video game, but like you did mention in Dead Space, when they attacked you from off screen, they scream. You knew they were coming. You got some little heads up that, that yeah, things that were going was on. Yeah, something was happening. That something was about to go bad near you, somewhere yeah. around you at least. 
So it's like they tried to take something that we've learned about game design. They implemented something they read in a book and didn't really understand how that related to the overall game design. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Digging into the story a little bit, at least. I guess the United India Company... Oh, my God. For Nate, for your reference, I guess, they're kind of like the Illuminati, like kind of a world society type thing going on. I think that's, is, that's kind of where it went with you, because I was like, all right, they're exporting them they, to all over India. They're exporting them to yeah, But we didn't even United get a clear... States. Like, I didn't even have a hint as to why that would benefit them. No, I have no clue. Like, there's, Why do they yeah. want to be in Not America? Not even, like, common sense or anything in the video game led me to even have an idea what they... They didn't even hint that they wanted the control of the world. There was just nothing explained. We just walked into a warehouse, found them in these little caskets, and you were like, <gasps> We must kill them. They wouldn't do this. Oh, they're totally doing this. They're evil. And I was like, well, I... what? Ah, uh, why would they even... Why would any... Maybe this is a mistake. Do they don't they even know? make like a grandiose statement like maybe they're going to take vampire. over the human race. Yeah, ex- anything like that would have been tremendously helpful in guiding me towards coming to the same conclusions as these characters. Because I was literally when we discovered it, like part of me wondered was that a mistake? Did they come? Did they turn in there and they were just shipping corpses <laughs> completely harmlessly? They were running a weird cemetery export business, like <laughs> bury your loved ones in the new world. And then, oh shit, the coffins we're using are actually infested with a plague. That's a bummer. Totally didn't see that coming. Sorry, guys. Whoops. Like the, the fact that that even came to my mind shows that it wasn't presented well at all. Another part of kind of you're talking about the it wasn't a cutscene so i didn't think of it or it wasn't a qte so i wasn't thinking of it earlier but when you first went into the thing and you started trying to destroy the cast yes she basically goes and gets the lighter fluid and then she wants you to light it and so the first yeah. time yeah. she slowly walks over she grabs the lighter fluid she pours it on there and that whole time i'm sitting there mashing on triangle <laughs> like light it light it light it light it light it and then she's like Okay, I'm ready for you to light it now. Like, what did you think I was doing? I've been sitting here right next to you. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's funny. That whole scene was weird. Uh, female characters in this game. There were some. They they weren't bad in as much as they were just written as if they were male characters. <laughs> yeah, they weren't like there, for there wasn't a, Yeah, okay. there wasn't a single female stereotype that really came into play in this game, I don't think. There was... Were the two women in love? Am I totally wrong? That was mother and daughter. Oh, Maybe. we're going to cut this part out. Maybe. That's awkward. I wasn't sure if they were doing a same-sex relationship they kind thing. Of, they kind of described it as mother and daughter, but then it was like a uh, princess and guardian, yeah, I was, or yeah. queen and guardian, and like how they... I was getting a bit of a romance vibe there, I guess. I wasn't sure. I think the only romance in the game really was Galahad and Lady Igrain. I mean, there was some backstory there. Like, she clearly, I think she referenced once she was like, the only way we're going to, you can tell me what to do is if you ask my father for permission or something like that. Whoa. That happened. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. So, I mean, there was a little bit there, but. I was just happy that they weren't like, oh, I'm Lady Agrain. I'm a sex object in the Victorian era. Except you end up in a brothel. Yeah. yeah, You walk through a whole scene and then. That's true. Oh, big old schlong flying around. Oh, yeah, there was penis in this game. Which is. I thought that was quite well done. New. There was more penis in this game than boobs in this game, and that is a. I mean, I guess that's maybe great. we should commend them for that because that is yeah. something that. Don't know if I've ever seen HD rendered penis. I don't, I don't know if. Yeah, I, I was impressed. 
I mean, I guess it depends on how you're counting. There were two boobs in the game, so only one penis. One set of genitalia each. Wasn't there two? I thought there was two penises. I only oh, remember the, one. the last guy at the end, I guess. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Oh, two yeah. penises. Okay. Yeah. Penises win this round. No. At least in terms yeah, of numbers. Because he, yeah, he's, he gets up the Jack the Ripper, also known as Lord Hastings, which... What? He says that too. Do we not pay attention? <laughs> I just was having a hard time deciphering what the fuck to pay attention to. The graphics <laughs> or the speaking. Yeah, so oh, Lord I thought, Hastings. I thought you were talking vampire. about Lycan or whatever. Lord Hastings. Which one was he? Dude, I the really should have played who... this game like the day before because immediately upon completion, I could feel it slowly evaporating from the top of my skull. The creepy old so dude Lord... who ran the India Trading Company. Yeah, I yeah. don't even remember that character. Yeah, he's not part of the order, but he's kind of one of the guys that oh. they just kind of talk about him, and he's just... You save his life on the airship. Okay, yep, got it. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's a vampire, and he made reference to himself being Jack the Ripper as well, and that's why he's not getting caught. And I was like, I, I'm... That doesn't check out. I was out. actually a big fan up to that point of how they were kind of introducing some of the stuff from that age and hearing and like just seeing in the newspaper about Jack the Ripper, but I didn't have any need for that to be the payoff on it. I was like, eh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I agree. Now that I remember. What about the torture scene that kind of let off the game, and then you also... Uh, <sighs> flashback to it later in the title as well i don't feel like that was the best way to start this game that was painful it took me two days to get through that intro scene because i just got halfway i was like all right i can't do this i'm bored well let, that was damning. let me let me describe what i remember of this torture scene please all right <clears throat> sploosh you walk into it you you get dunked your head's held underwater for like 40 seconds mm-hmm. and then he picks you up and you're like well that was painful and then he dunks your head in the water again for another 40 seconds. Sure. And then he picks your head up, and I was like, dang, that really sucks. And then he does it two more times, and I'm like, holy shit, this is taking forever. And then he, he they walk him back to his cell, and then he wakes up the next morning, and they walk him right back into the torture chamber to dunk him two more times. I was like, Jesus Christ. And then as soon as you get out of the torture stuff, you're all you beat up. You just the place. Well, yeah. But you're all beat up and sore. So you're like hobbling around and walking like as slow as humanly possible through the, oh my goodness. Which Not they use that animation opening. more than just in that aspect too. But wait, the what? of the blimp and you're just hobbling around. I'm like, oh my God, here we go again. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. The opening, I feel like the game, every part of the game is better than the opening, including the back-to-back interaction-free cutscenes. <laughs> I... I think I agree, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I also didn't feel like the opening was all that graphically impressive. No. Because I was like, oh, I heard this game was really pretty. And then once that chapter was over, I was like, okay, this game is actually gorgeous. So speaking of which, as soon as you got to that first chapter, and I took a screenshot of this, one of the oh. first things you do is walk by a big old, like, Victorian mirror. Yeah. And you have no reflection in the mirror. I love that Will... Why would you... I love that Will, when he showed me the screenshot last night, he's like, am I a vampire? And I was like, I love that you are smart enough to have wondered that. Because I was just like, oh, they didn't do the tech for reflections. And then I just blindly moved on in the game. There is some world out there where this game was intelligent enough to have made a plot point of you being a vampire later. And like, yeah, obviously there was a mirror earlier and you didn't see a reflection in it. Of course you're a vampire. And I would have been like, oh my god. 
That's so clever. But I, no. I was really hoping that, that that's what they were paying off. Maybe that's the sequel. He was a vampire the whole time. Oh my gosh. The the thing they have around the neck that they drink to like heal them is the, the biggest grail. get out of jail free card in a video game ever. Oh, I'm hurt really bad. I'm just gonna drink oh I'm cool. It felt like good, the thing Except somehow they could die. Where they were justifying the video gaminess. Yeah. Yes. It's funny because we talked about something similar when we were talking about Sunset Overdrive. That games really don't contextualize player death. Yeah. And this is kind of one of the few cases where that happens. Yeah. It also made the, I don't know what you would call it, like the last stand thing where you're getting shot and you're dead, but then you can drink from your thing and stand back up. Yeah. A little bit of a tension sucker. Why do you say completely worthless, Craig? Uh, The only times that I ended up in that scenario where I was down, I had no recourse because it was like, I'd just barely been out of cover and trying to scoot back away. I always just ended up getting killed pretty much every time before I could get back behind cover or have a have an opportunity to try and save myself, I guess. So I think that I probably only was able to recover it maybe 20-30% of the time. Mm. But it saved me from a long-ass load scene, which I think was the best, the best case for that. So, <laughs> yeah. We never finished explaining the plot, like how it ends. We might have our first completely spoiler-free episode of A Number of Pixels. And we spoiled oh, some stuff. No, he already talked about I said he shoot pressing R2 to again. shoot the fucker in the head. Like, yeah, but we didn't say what fucker, did we? I just can't I, imagine I anyone name, playing but... this game and remembering characters. Just, <laughs> oh, my God. I think that's the, the key here. Is that's the takeaway. If we can't even remember the story, then whatever. Although, while playing through it... No. I'd like to say that's not a bad thing. Playing through the story, though, like, I was I was enjoying what I was going through, at least. Like, yeah, as I like I was, this game. Yeah, it, it was pushing me through. I was kind of curious to see what was going to happen next. I mean, it didn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense, but I was still curious to see what was going to happen. I very much enjoyed the moment-to-moment of this game, but not the overall thing as as a complete story. And I, I think that that's why I kept saying that it was, like, the one nightstand. Because it's, like, kind of fun, like a fun little romp. Like, a great thing to do on a Friday night if you have a couple hours free. Yep. But it just doesn't... You just bang it out? Yeah, just bang it out. That's really how I feel. And I feel, I I guess I went... However I went into this game, I must have gone in with the expectation of that because I came out pretty impressed. I think it's pushing game design in a lot of interesting ways and it's letting a lot lot of other areas of game design kind of go slack. And I think story is one of the aspects that it's not pushing in any direction. I feel like this game would have been better if they'd had less of a pressure on making a story that was the certain type of story that they need to make in order for it to be good. You think that pressure existed? I don't know. It seems like they were trying for something that they weren't quite able to do. That I would agree with. Yeah. And I, I almost wonder if they felt less pressure to make whatever that was, would this game have just been more fun and more of like a silly... I feel like they were trying to prep a story and maybe the story didn't go through enough revisions. Yeah. The writing was weak, maybe? There's stuff like the Lycan combat. You got to a point, I don't have any actual knowledge of how this went, but this is how it would have worked in my mind, is they were like, okay, this Lycan thing will be really cool, it'll be this big monster and you're fighting the battle. Mm -hmm. And they go and they implement it, and you get to this point, and you're like, well, turns out that battle's not really fun. So rather than cut it at that point, they just kind of, eh, we'll just leave it in. That's what it 
felt like why like where that last find the fun revision came out like ah oh, we spent so much uh, time and art and assets building these big old lichen models that we got to have them in there somewhere. Yeah. And so rather than cut another two hours out of the game and make it really flow. Yeah. I, d- I don't want to sound like I'm here saying this is a great game. It's not great. It's fun. And I think it's good if your expectations it's are well good. adjusted. Yeah, it's it's good. And, and there's if especially if you look at it in certain key areas, it's very good. Especially graphically, like presentation-wise, it's very good. But I wonder if the pressure for the game to be a certain length almost hurt it. Or the pressure and expectations of going from a portable title to being one of the early games out. Yeah, a, on a, a generation. For, yeah, on a new game, generation. Yeah. And kind of the expectations and weight that probably go with that. Yeah. Maybe this is this generation's I- lair. I would not go that far. <laughs> Jesus. If you looked at it a different way and were thinking, would this have made a good portable game? I think this would have made a much better portable game now that I'm thinking about it. The story or the chapters were short. There wasn't an overarching story that I had to pay attention to so I could just pick it up oh. and play in little t- 10, 15 minute segments. Yeah, that's interesting. I would just pick it up and shoot some things or pick it up and watch a movie. Maybe it really is that this portable mentality is so in this company's in the DNA. Studio. Yeah. That's very interesting. You have to wonder what revisions the title went through as well during development. Like, I'm very curious to know what the story is behind it because you went from... The last thing that they put out was the God of War Origins collection, which was on PS3, and that was in 2011. And that was just HD version and combination of the PSP games on PS3. So... You can't imagine the entire studio is working on that. And before that, it was the God of War PSP title in 2010. So five years, the studio has been prepping to make this title. And you have to wonder if, I don't know, turnover or as they went through it and just revisions that different people's opinions kind of got thrown into it. Yeah. And they kind of lost that single steel thread mentality of this is what's going to be going through it. Yeah, it doesn't have the indie vibe of being one person's clear artistic vision, that's for sure. Yeah, so that's why I'm curious to see. They have an engine, they have everything going, where where do they take it? But we'll get to that. Do we know what engine they used? Is this that's a great question. Proprietary. They created it. They wrote their own Damn. thing, huh? That's crazy. That's bonkers. Let me verify that before we put that in the podcast as... Because that's, that's impressive in itself. Okay. Isn't it? I mean, to it's, create an engine that looked like that? It's a good feat, but it's a lot of work, and you can get a lot of that work for free these days for or, you know, at low cost and spend more time on production than development, is, which is what this was missing. You is know that what I'm a saying? thing? Oh, yeah. There's, you just outsource <laughs> development of a movie-like engine? Well, you know... Unity or Unreal or pick one of the big engines and develop in that thing and you've got these this huge tool set to work with and you don't have to start everything from scratch. Okay, it doesn't I, work I agree with that, with the, but I don't know if you'd get the same level of fidelity. I think that they were shooting for this cinematic quality. I want to talk about the black bars, by the way. I don't, yeah. does, does anyone else have strong feelings about that? Wasting my goddamn TV. I didn't notice. There, so there's, I actually have a couple things, but the for the graphics engine specifically, yeah, their CTO Andrea Pessino 
said, we set on ev creating everything from scratch with the goal of realizing the unrestrained vision of our artists by innovating in the areas of image fidelity, shading, illumination, volumetric effects, and simulation techniques. It was a huge challenge, but then we succeeded in more areas than we failed, so it was all worth it. I think they did that. But I agree. They spent so much time on that. that well, I have to imagine. The production pieces. The Do you think that they'd be sharing that with other Sony studios? Uh, yeah, you have to. I know, obviously, so this was in collaboration with Sony Santa Monica, who kind of helps a lot of the other second-party studios. I mean, that's where yeah. Giant Sparrow worked with and that game company mm -hmm. to put out their titles as well. And there's been a lot more. I know that was a big focus in PS3 time frame for the first-party studios to share technology between even, like, Gorilla and Naughty Dog were talking with each other. Right. That makes a lot of sense, given their history with the, the Cell engine and how difficult it was. But, yeah, the black bars. So, from a cinematic perspective, did you think it added to the game? Did, you do, did it take away from you? Obviously, probably from a rendering perspective, it's easier for them to render the space in the game. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, I don't like black bars in anything. Movies, uh, mm. whatever. So, I'm not... But I don't have enough of a passion about movies to really... I, I don't know. I'm used to my 16.9. What do you think, Will? I agree that when I notice them, it's like them not use, utilizing the full canvas. Yeah. The way I think about it, and from a purely thought perspective, I don't like black bars being there, but I couldn't. I didn't even notice them in this game, but I'm not sure how prevalent they yeah, were. Yeah, faded away for me. If they were going for the same experience of it being a seamless experience throughout, which is kind of one of the big things. They're like, well, you never get the fade in or fade out from a cutscene to gameplay. It'll just kind of seamlessly transition. But could they have achieved that same effect if they wouldn't have had black bars totally. at any point? Yeah, like no black bars in the cinematic, no black bars in the game. Yeah. I, I, I guess I feel like it's really hypocritical of me, but I feel like it's really annoying that they're aping cinema in that particular way. I guess a lot of the game is oriented around being cinematic but i don't understand why that thing is carrying over here like i don't really buy into that being in any way contribution you'd rather more lens flares and yeah absolutely <laughs> i want more jj abrams i can't even say that i want to clarify that i'm being sarcastic what about the character names <laughs> so so i wanted to bring this up because like to the round table there's a penny arcade strip where the guys are listening to the star wars audiobooks and he's like, they totally just phoned in the names. And he's like, and then Darth Nefarious walks up. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so for one of the guys to be, I don't even know what it is, but his name is basically Sir Lycan. I'm like, come on, really? That guy is a werewolf? I did not see that coming. <laughs> oh, shocker. What was his name? Actually, Sir L Sir Lucan. Oh, yeah. So awkward. Oh, I didn't put you're that vampire. together. Right? Okay, right. Oh, I'm so surprised. Also, the like kind of the Frenchman of the group. Yeah, he was Marquis cool. Marquis de Lafayette. But when they said his full name when he was being knighted. knighted as Sir Percival after Mallory had died, I had subtitles on and it took up like the entire bottom <laughs> of the screen from the previous name. And I was like, what the? How is. All right, sure. I yeah, do I'll just like go with this. the transferring the names of the knights or of king arthur's knights yeah that's interesting that's pretty cool although i will say that i don't know if either of you guys have seen kingsman recently no that's kind of a goofy fun movie they did the same thing with transferring the king arthur's knights um it's kind of interesting that both of those happened near the same time is kingsman a better game than this is 
Kingsman's a movie. It's a movie. Uh, I know. Is it a better game than this one is? (laughs) 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 Kingsman, 10 out of 10 video game. Still thinking about it. So that was kind of cool. And then while we're talking about it, it seemed like they talked about one of the knights who had actually helped find the grail over in India. Uh, Like Sir Bartholomew or something crazy like that. I don't remember. I can't remember his name either. But then it also sounded like the High Chancellor, so this was a piece that they kind of quickly briefly mentioned over and over, is that some of the main characters, because they've been drinking this Holy Grail juice, have been living for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. And apparently the High Chancellor had actually known Arthur himself. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. I wish that ever came to anything. Even one quote about Arthur would have been cool. There's yeah. so many different plays at or references to other pieces of history that you're like, that's neat, and then there's just nothing that comes out of it. Yeah. Even uh, Gal had references once. He was like, oh, my time in India. And I'm like, well. Tell me about that. Oh, we're going to go have a cutscene. On to the next thing. Did you guys come into it thinking that when they had kind of presented it as a group of you having Galhad and Lady Ingrid and Marquis de Lafayette and Sir Percival at the beginning, or Mallory, that they were kind of going to be a cohesive group working together throughout, but then it falls apart pretty damn quick. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, fortunately, I never stuck to assuming that was going to happen. Did you think this was going to be a, a squad-based cover shooter, Will? <laughs> 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 Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's a serious question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted my Okay, that's not appropriate. Where's Coltrane? Sorry. Yeah, sure, that could have worked. Throw Coltrane in? Is that what's gonna work? Yeah, I just Four. was doing the Gears of War thing. Four player co op. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. I would just be happy if Coltrane just showed up and was like <laughs> just walked in off screen in one of the cutscenes <laughs> like so Oh my god. Dom walks by and gets fried by a Tesla gun. Right. So who would you recommend this to? I mean Alberto. Alberto. This is literally why a game you, made for Alberto. Why, why Alberto? Because why is he not here? Alberto's two favorite games are Heavy Rain and Uncharted. And this game is like a perfect synthesis of not the best things of both of those. <laughs> Would uh, you recommend saw, this to anybody else? Is this a good game to ease people into video games? No. Like, what if some... What if Obviously, this is a, a guy thing, because it's got shooting and guys and... Stuff. Why does that have to be a guy thing, Nate? Because I don't think women would be like, oh, here's a game I want to connect with. Have you seen his facial hair? He's a hunky-looking dude. Plus, there's two penises in the game. That's a good point. So it's <sighs> definitely an Alberto game. Cheap <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I don't really know who I would recommend this to. I think it's interesting to anyone wanting to think about the technical limits of what games can be. But you can really just show them 10 minutes of it, and they'll be like, okay, I understand. They don't need to play it. I think it's interesting just in the one-night stand type of aspect. It's like yeah, there's some hype that's been coming behind it. It's gorgeous. They're doing some kind of interesting stuff, and it kind of gives you some sort of... Yeah, I, I agree. I, I take back what I said. I think it's one of those games that's going to be very important in the ongoing sort of pendulum swing between video games that are very video gamey and video games moving towards cinema like i think i think it's probably an important milestone somewhere in there it might be too far this direction but either way it's going to be influential on other games for good or for bad in the future and i think it's very important that games like this be made 
Yeah, I could see that. I think it'll be interesting to look back in a few years and see if there's kind of influence that's taken from this or yeah, if absolutely. it just fades out and then no one ever remembers it and it's just one of the games from the beginning of the generation that just kind of existed. I'm a big fan of trying to play around with games of different length, games of different style, different methods and forms of interactivity. Yeah. This game kind of touched a lot of things that other games have done before. I don't think it really pushed any of those directions. I think it pushed the graphic. I think this was... I, it does feel a lot like Heavy Rain of its time, where it's pushing really hard in the movie direction. It's going for a certain look. It's going for a certain minimalism of interaction. And I think it, just because of technology progressing, it gets closer to that than Heavy Rain did. It's almost like a once-in-a-generation thing that this happens. Where one game will just go way far out in the movie direction. At this cost, when you look at the business model from behind games, like this is a a pretty gigantic investment into yeah into this title that had to have gone down. Obviously, they just came back on marketing and stuff of that nature, but still, it's not a couple, a handful of developers working on it for the past couple of years. Right. So another piece is, I think that this was a full priced game. Yeah. $60 game I, I makes it been, really kind of painful. I, I picked it up at 40 and buy it still at 40, yeah. This is a Redbox game. Yeah, it's totally a rent. This is exactly, like, this game could not be more Redbox. No, this is the first time I've ever rented a game from Redbox, and I, I forgot that that was even a thing until you mentioned it, and it was it is the perfect. So that's who I recommend it for. The person that is looking for something to just kind of blow oh, through yeah. on the weekend that they don't need to get too heavily invested in anything, and just go get this. I feel like with a lot of games coming out, this is almost a welcome. The not requiring a lot of investment, not being very challenging, not being very long. This is an area of games that I don't feel like are being, I guess maybe indie games. But in the AAA space, this isn't really like an area of gaming that I think is being addressed. The perfect rental. Yeah. What do you think about... So we've had really bad examples of movie tie-in games. Yeah. What if? You, what do you think about somebody trying to think of more of like porting movies to this kind of thing uh i'm offended by the idea it's really not this is believable like this could be that i guess but the only thing is it it's so much longer than that by virtue of having a bunch of fight scenes i don't think right. the movie part itself yeah. was all that longer than a normal movie i mean the world building's tremendous yeah the world is very yeah Yes, that's true. I don't I don't know what I think about that. I do know that I'm much more interested in movies when there's a modicum of interactivity added. So I guess I would be an ideal target for that idea. There's an epilogue, the classic oh, yeah. movie trope of after the credits scene. The first part of the credits, they're actually... Yeah, and yeah. it's just more and more and more. <laughs> Speaking of which... More, yeah, so more than whole chapters set. of credits. Did there you guys were... watch the whole credits? I put it on in the background and went off and did other things. Yeah. <laughs> I blame QA. It's always the QA teams. Talk about the investment in a title then with you see all of those people involved in it too. Yeah, that's I crazy. Briefly glanced at a bunch of QA people from SOEK. Yeah, Sir, Sony Online Korea. Yeah. Thought that was interesting. Yeah. Why would yeah. Because it's cheap. It's not like there's even a leaderboard aspect or something like that that would require, but 
Yeah. So where do they go? Where the epilogue, obviously, when uh, Galhead's standing kind of over the city, very Batman-esque, looking out at, I think, Big Ben and uh, the rest of London, and Nikola Tesla comes over the radio and says the city's in martial law, they could be coming after, the police could be cracking down at any minute, blah, 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 blah. Where do you want them? And I think Galahad ends it by saying, I'm no longer Sir Galahad, don't forget. Because so he, he's no longer a knight. he got kicked out of the Order, right? Where, where do they go? his place in the Order, I think is I want it to be a prequel apt. to Batman. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> is that unreasonable? That's surprisingly reasonable. I, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that, that, oh, I, I can see that working, yeah. That's uncomfortable. He just needs a utility belt from Tesla. He can be the Alfred. London. Oh, we got it. You mean Batman Gotham? the Order. Batman the Order. What, what did you guys think? Did you have a more serious answer to that question? I just assume he just goes rogue and kind of is martial law in the city. Are we trying to guess what they were like thinking when they made that? The Just kind of leaving it open for, hey, he's still here. Things right. could happen. Tesla? And I feel like they might as well just have an ominous dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it better. <laughs> I don't even know what my main character's name was because this next sentence would have been better with his name, but <laughs> so-and-so will return in The Order 1887. <laughs> right. uh, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I could really... Do you I don't care, about, care a about a sequel at all. If a sequel did come out, would you play it? If you guys talked me into it again. I would. I'd be like, what are they doing now? How about you, Craig? I'd be curious to see where, the, like, if I go back to uh, my Assassin's Creed 1 comparison, Assassin's yeah. Creed 2 is phenomenal because they kind of figured out what the right mix needed to be. They finally and put I'm, the fun I'd in. I'd be yeah. curious to see. If this game was fun, it would be way better. <laughs> <laughs> do you just mean more guns? Like, what do you mean by fun? I really still stick by the idea that you can't have a fun cutscene. Because fun requires interactivity. <laughs> Just drop the cutscene portion. Is well, they're fun movies, can right? Can they make it a more fluid, cinematic, and gameplay experience? And how do they make the actual combat more exciting? Sure. I'd be curious to see if they could introduce some fluidity to the melee combat also. You mean more flaming red explosive barrels? Is that what you're asking for, Craig? Just put Donkey Kong on a rooftop to start... <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Substitute more specific words for fun. <laughs> Could this game be more enthralling, more compelling, more interesting? Oh, better story. More, maybe the story's better. Maybe yeah, the gunplay. You'd be better, more involved. Maybe the yeah. Because right now it's like player, so story, I feel story, like story, story, corridor, shoot, corridor, story, corridor, story, corridor, shoot, shoot, like boss, quick time event. How did you remember the entire story? course of this game? And <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's what our plot synopsis should have been. <laughs> I think you um, just did all the chapters in order. Yeah. I think something more compelling would be some sort of fluidity to all that. And I think that comes from the narrative being just more like kind of guiding you, being sort of an undercurrent that guides your actions rather than being like, why are there dead people in coffins? Right. Oh, I guess why are there vampires shipping? in this world now? Yeah, Man, exactly. They should ape Penny Dreadful. Have you guys seen that show at all? No. Mm -mm. Oh, it's so good. It's set in this kind of same type of thing. It's set in a Victoria stage London, and there's, I mean, Frankenstein's in it. Like, it has, like, the typical 
monster tropes from that era, and there's vampires and blah, 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 but it's introduced in such a grounded and tangible way where I think they, they've done a good job of creating that kind of feeling here of it being grounded in this world, but you're actually invested in what's happening in it too, which just obviously Ooh. if they could... It's a British TV show that has Billy Piper, which you may remember uh, as the that companion is not the version I'm from Doctor Who. Yeah, it also has Timothy Dalton. Who I don't, I don't know who that is. He looks uh, familiar. James Bond. Oh, that's why he looks familiar. I like Billy Piper. Do you guys have any last uh, kind of thoughts on this uh, before we kind of go around and just kind of either give it a score or yeah, a I, recommendation? I think it's not as bad as people say, as long as you rent it. Yeah, I think that's my takeaway. Yeah, do you want to give it a score, Nate? We'll just start with you. Oh, um, or just a recommendation. He's been talking about it for two days. What score he's going to give this thing? Yeah, this is really tough. Can't wait to hear. Oh heavens! I want to say this is a seven or a seven point five. Seven point five being the generous rating because it it is like a fun romp. It's like a good rental. It's pushing the envelope in some areas but i don't think any of the areas are really areas that really would warrant it getting a really high review i don't i definitely don't think it's below a seven i mean it is a compelling piece of entertainment it's pretty fun at times it's not long enough for me to be angry at the things that it didn't quite do perfectly yeah i'm actually happy it wasn't longer yeah i think the length is perfect i think all the complaints about the length were a little (laughs) bit misdirected yeah what about you will so i came into this today thinking that i was going to give it a seven and the more we talked about it it kind of slipped more to a six five that's about what i'm thinking so for me we've kind of talked about this in the past and eight is a game that kind of does everything well and this game had a lot of production values and a lot of stuff there was just a lot of pieces missing the combat didn't live up to it which is what dropped it down to seven and then there's you know just the things just didn't fit right and there was no fun that's kind of what drops it down to six five for me sure can definitely see that I, de- I definitely kind of err with with Nate. I thought it was good. Like that's the best I can say is that it it's good. I don't think it's great by any stretch, but I did think it was good. And I think taken as is, and if you go into it without expectations or you try and get some of those pre notions where people are like, it's just total crap. It's not. It's not that to me at all. I thought it was interesting to see what they did and kind of curious to see um, where they can take it. Yeah. If they get another chance to do a second one, I'm not sure if they will. I kind of hope so. I do feel it does feel a little bit like the Assassin's Creed thing. Yeah. It definitely does feel like a product of the beginning of a generation of consoles. Yeah. Very much so. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our uh, kind of review discussion about the Order 1886. You can find us on Facebook.com slash EmotivePixels. We are also on Twitter at EmotivePixels. Nate is at Snivets on Twitter. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Will is at Will Atkinson on Twitter. That's me. This is Craig, and I am at Fuzzy Banks. Boom. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.